Let me ask you this question. If you say life begins at 40, what about if you don't get 40 on earth? What about if you die at 29? What about if you die at 33? That means you can't achieve, achieve anything, right? But you see, it is said that Alexander the Great conquered the world at age 29. Jesus finished his entire life on earth at age 33. It is not about the number of years in your life, but it's about the number of lives in your years. Go out there and be a purposeful liver. As you walk out, every, wake up every morning, be thinking, Lord, where am I going, Lord? How will I fulfill my assignment, Lord? I don't have so much time. How will I fulfill my assignment? Go with this agency and be a blessing to the world. Hello everyone and welcome to the Two-Run Show. A show for the 21st century youth, periodicized productivity, wellness, and human condition. Can you subscribe and leave us a review in the direction find your podcast? Also send us a mail at info at the21show.com. You follow us on any of our social media platforms at the Two-Run Show. Thank you. We want to thank you so much for being here today. Another opportunity to be blessed. Another opportunity to um, upgrade something. I mean, upgrade ourselves. Yeah. So I have with me here as usual. Tess is here. So Tess. Good evening and welcome to the show. Good evening, man. Do you need a walk? We always here. For the sake of Welcome to the show. Um, thank you, thank you. The show's gonna roll very soon, but you know what we haven't done trending news until today. Maybe we maybe we can start with trending news. Do you have any trending news for us? Let's 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 see. Yeah, I think we can say something about um what's going on at Chimotas. Okay. Is it is it about the the aggression thing? Yeah, with the Rasta faith and the uh-huh. okay, with that one I, I let me let me let me let me say this. I know people, let me say this before people, people come in this <laughs> where before the squad comes into community. I believe that I I seem to have this question that I always ask them. Mm-hmm. What is it about the black man's hair that would prevent him from being a brilliant student? Because uh, if you're going to school, I believe the same at Chinota school or any other school that is preventing um, a child from gaining admission or gaining admission to study. You would go to the school and then the, the headmistress has a wig on her hair but wouldn't let someone come with his or her natural hair. <laughs> I don't know what to ask. What is it about the black man said that prevents him or her from gaining admission? Because if, um, I'm sure if someone from Denmark who has a long hair came to the school for admission, they were admitted. So you 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 have the news, so let me leave it to you. What is it about the black man said that prevents him or her from, from being a good student? Well, I think they are saying, um, when it comes to ladies, Mm-hmm. We are talking about ladies with their long hairs and all that. They feel they wouldn't have time for studies. I mean, they have 30 minutes for studies. They're going to use like 20 minutes or 10 minutes for their hair before they actually use their remaining 10 or 15 minutes. They feel it wouldn't, they wouldn't actually have a long time. They wouldn't actually have long time for studies. They will spend more time on their hairs, yeah, their hair than 
than the books they are they are dead steady. But I feel with the with the the current news, the one about the Rastafarians, I feel I think it has something to do with where they are coming from as well, where they think um they are not please um quote quote uh, yeah quote and unquote. They maybe they, they, they don't behave well maybe because of their Rasta nature. Others even think they smoke and all that. If it's that's that we are talking about, I feel we should just give them a chance. If they, if they, so far as they conform with the rules of the school, with the religion of the school, I think we are good to go because we even have people who don't have this Rasta here who still misbehave on campuses. So if they would have good character for studies, they're going to oblige by all the rules and regulations of the school. I think why not? Why do you have to be stressing this whole issue? Yeah. So, so, but then, but then I, I, I look trust honestly. Between uh, me and me, there because people are people uh, with long hairs who are allowing their their students with long hairs to school are building good stuff for themselves. And we are we are in Ghana. We are not allowing people to go to school with long hair, and then we are still doing nothing. So I think that's this. I don't know where you hear that excuse from, but me, I don't buy. That. I don't buy that. Excuse. <laughs> I don't buy that excuse. I believe that. Um, when it comes to lifestyle, everybody should go to school with their own lifestyle. I mean, so yeah. long as it doesn't go against the laws, the rules of the school. Because I mean, we are not saying go to school with your with your jeans or, or you wear your jeans on your ankle on your at your at your tie and you're going to school. But I am not to face that kind of dressing. But then as long as the person keeps it lit, it doesn't go against mm-hmm. the rules of the school. But I don't I don't know which school who is who has in their bylaws that uh, master Fairy shouldn't shouldn't be admitted. So um that's my two cents on it though. I believe that everybody should Everybody should have their own way of life in school, as long as it's informed to the rules of the school. Just a, a, a critical example, or a typical example would be in Ghana, Muslims don't kill each other because because they sin. But in okay. other countries, they do that. Because in Ghana, killing is a, killing is a crime. It's a capital crime. So mm-hmm. I think um, that's just about it. So I think that's 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 the trending news. Trending news, yeah. Once again, welcome. Our guest is here, uh, and uh, very soon we're going to have him speak to us. So, just a few minutes to do um, housekeeping. This quick one, Eden. Um, Mr. Yeah. Once again, I want to welcome everyone to the show. We hope you guys have a nice time here, as we are also going to have a nice time. Yeah. So. In case you've missed any of our episodes, you can kindly go to any directory you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Overcast, Spotify, and so on. Just go there and then search for the two-one show. I'm going to get all our previous episodes right. They have a lot of amazing stuff over there. Please make sure you check them out. And then we know you are going to learn a lot from there. And also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and then Facebook at the two one show. Instagram, search for us. Follow for full. <laughs> yes, like so like so. Please we'd like to hear from you guys. Send in your comments as well. Like our posts on our social media handles. And then try and try as much as possible to share so that lots of people would also get to know about the amazing stuff we are all learning. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
productivity, wellness, human conditioning, and all the trending topics all over the world. This is the 2-1 Show Podcast with Benjamin and Teresa. So this is the 2-1 Show Podcast with Benjamin and Teresa. So very soon, um, Sam is going to be here with us. But if you're here, thank you so much. Um, obviously, Gemma is here. Our speaker is here. We have Danny. I think this is the first time Danny is joining us, right? So Danny, welcome to the Two One Show. Yeah, and um, last episode is not here. Last was a guest on one of our episodes, and it was really, really interesting. In the month of February, we did a whole two books on relationship, and um, he blessed us with the things that he knows. And um, we have a lot of reviews. I think, um, but one or two, he's the, that podcast is the one with most. Um, reviews yeah so um uh speaker is here Papa Sam, good evening and welcome to the two on show good evening ben good evening Teresa. thank you so much for having me once again can you can you hear me yeah we can hear you good evening yeah, can hear you. yeah. so um last week we were blessed with the insights i i really have a list written down here but i don't want to go there myself i want you to for the benefit of those who are joining us like danny um Lash and one or two people. Let's have a recap of what we talked about, like in a brief, a brief and what we talked about last week. And then today we would actually go deep into the concluding part of life is not a rehearsal. Let me try and build upon it today as well. So last week we're we're looking at life is not a rehearsal. And I I I I actually introduced my lesson by talking about the sacredness of life. And I talked about the fact that, you see, one of the things that is irreplaceable and irreproducible is life. Every one of us will live in life just once. So mm-hmm. our lives have a definite beginning and a definite ending. And so there is the finiteness of our lives. There is nothing we want to live. We want to live every second of our lives. You know, you know, there are about seven fundamentals of every destiny. And one of them is what I call the block of potential. The fact that everyone on earth has in himself, by God's design, the ability to actually become whatever God has called it to become. And so God creates seeds and he places in them the ability for the seed to produce fruit, for the seed to produce a tree, for the seed to actually produce a plantation or an orchard. So in the same way, the ability to become what God has called you to do is actually in you. That is why there are people who are blind, but they can still play the keyboard. And I used one one of my favorite, you know, women in history, Helen Keller, who at the age of 18 months had an issue an attack of some sort of disease, and it crippled her. It actually made her blind. It made her, made her, it made her blind. It made her um, deaf, and it made her dumb. But this, this, this lady rose up to become a world sensation, and everyone. Basically, what I was trying to say is that if someone who is deaf, dumb, blind can actually rise up, I mean, I mean, just rise up in history and become a world sensation, you know, reach such feet, winning a Nobel Peace Prize, you know, touching lives across the globe, um, you know, holding conferences around the globe. She never spoke, she never saw, she, she never heard, but she uttered met u.s presidents and and is is regarded as one of the greatest women in history then we that have two hands with two eyes with two two legs can hear can speak 
we, we actually don't have any, any excuse if we are not able to achieve what God has called us to achieve. Because whatever you need to, to actually become successful in life is not outside of you. God has placed it in your inside. The very reason, I mean, the very fact that in the seed, there is the potential for the seed to actually become a tree, produce fruits, and become a plantation at the long run. In the same way, we can also become whatever God has called us to become. And we, we, we link this thing up with how we can actually know our purposes. And we looked at, you know, the natural indications. And I talked about the product manufacturer concept. Then we climaxed it with the fact that life has only one stage. It doesn't give room for rehearsal. And so we have to commit ourselves and our lives in pursuing actively what God has called us to do. So basically, that's what we talked about last week. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So um, this week, too, we are really, really looking forward to a very powerful one. So I think this is a nice segue into the, uh, this week's edition. So I think if if you are good to go, then we are also good to hear you. All right. All right. Okay. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I don't know if I can pray shortly, but Father, we ask that you bless us today. We pray that you let your word come in full power. Let your word come in full force. And let it bless our lives. We ask that in Jesus' name we give enlightenment to your people. Let everyone live blessed. Let people trace their turn around to this ministration today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Okay, so so we have already laid the foundation. Mm-hmm. So I will try upon it. And I as I talked about the block of potential, I, I want to be stressing on that particular fundamental, you know, block of destiny and just try to build upon it today. But I want to start with a scripture in, in John chapter 12, verse 24. Now, you see, when Jesus was about to die, and this is cool because we are getting closer to Easter, and, and he, had, he had gone to the house of um, you know, his, his friend, um, um, Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. The Bible says that after all those incidences, some people came to Philip and Andrew that they wanted to see Jesus. So these these two disciples of Christ go to Jesus and they ask him, there are people here who want to see you. And Jesus did not answer those questions directly, but he makes a statement in, in, in reference to the death that was just you know about to happen on the cross and he talks about the fact that unless a corn of wheat falls and dies, that corn of wheat abided alone. But when it dies, it actually brings forth many. So Jesus was talking about a principle of life. And this principle actually works in all you know fields of life, particularly in all living kingdoms. So when you want to talk about the trees and the plants, I mean the plant kingdom, this principle is really, really working. It works in our lives as well, and it works in the animal kingdom. That is what Jesus was. So he says that unless a grain of wheat, referring to it as a seed, falls to the ground, it abided alone. But when it, it actually falls and dies, it bringeth forth many. Now, Jesus was about to die, and he was trying to relate his death to a seed. I mean, trying to relate it as how a seed is sown to the ground, and that seed dies, mm-hmm. emanates, and it brings forth many. And so Jesus was actually talking about sowing his life as a seed and bringing many unto life. Talking about you know the, the new birth and the ransom of many from the pit of hell, from the from the from the captivity of the enemy, and actually bringing salvation unto humanity. But when when we look at 
this particular principle Jesus gave in that surrounds every human life. And if you truly want to become great in life, this is the principle you need to engage and work with. Some years back, I took time to study the scripture for almost a week, just one to one verse. And, and the Lord gave me a great revelation about what Jesus was trying to say. Jesus says, unless that grain dies. And I was looking at the word die as if, I mean, what do you mean I have to die to bring forth many? And the Holy Spirit just whispered to me that, you see, it is not necessarily about die, but that 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 word die used in that scripture actually shows the blueprint of life, the blueprint of life. And so actually that die there could be an acronym that represents the blueprint of life. And it says, D-I-E, die, D represents discovery, I represents investment, and then E represents exhibition. This is actually the blueprint of life for business, for everything, for marriage. In life, you need to discover who you are and what your purpose is on earth and what your purpose on earth is. Then you need to make calculated and appropriate investment into your life. And there is a time for showcasing when you actually exhibit for the world to celebrate you. In my book, Life is Not a Razor, I talk, I talk about these same principles as the three P's of life. I talk about purpose, preparation, and performance. You find out what your purpose is. You prepare towards your, your purpose. And when opportunity presents itself, you know, you you perform. So that is exactly what Jesus was trying to talk, talk about. And so when you look at this blueprint, one of them is purpose. One of them is preparation. One of them is performance. Last week, we dealt a lot with purpose. And we talked a yeah. bit about, you know, potential. But with potential, and we are talking about the fact that the concept of the seed and the principle around it can be applied to our lives. And so when you look at when you look at a tree that is producing fruit, you would actually realize that fruition or the production of fruit on a tree is not the beginning of the production of the fruit, but it is the end of a process. Let me explain. Okay. If you you have a mango tree on your compound and you wake up one morning and you see fruit on the mango tree, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is when the tree started producing the fruit. Now, the fruit you are seeing on the tree is actually the exhibition of an end of a process. Now, my little science tells me that so many things would have gone on there. I mean, the vascular bundles comprising the, I mean, the phloem, the xylem and things were conducting minerals and water from the soil through the, you know, through the, to the fruit, whatever, you know, the, the leaves were receiving sunlight and converting them into chemical, chemicals. All kinds of things were happening there, the Krebs cycle. Okay. things were happening in there. I mean, photosynthesis was actually taking place. And so when you see the fruit, it is not the time, it is not actually the, so, oh, okay. so I was actually talking about the fact that, you see, when, when you want to become great in life, you don't, you don't have to be eyeing and be so kind of envying what is done on the platform. Mm-hmm. You have to know the principles that, that is, that, I mean, that surrounds greatness before it even becomes showcased. And that principle is what we call the principle of preparation. Okay. Because greatness is all, greatness is always showcased when 
preparation meets an opportunity. Uh-huh. Greatness is all, always showcased, right? So it is not born on the platform of manifestation. It's only showcased. It is only showcased, right? I mean, uh-huh. it, it sounds almost everything. Look at us. Um, you consider a, a person who is pregnant. When a person actually gives birth, it has gone through a process. There was copulation. There was fertilizing. It took nine good months before the baby came out. When the baby comes out, that is the time for manifestation, for showcasing. But truly, the process started way long. Principle applies mm-hmm. to our lives if we want to become great. And so, although life is not a rehearsal, life doesn't give us, you know, one one chance for, for, for rehearsal and another for performance. But one principle that surrounds the life as the Lord has given to us is that as part of the blueprint of life, there is, there is the need for intensive investment into whatever God has called us. There's a time for us to truly take time and prepare. And to me, that is where a lot of people get it wrong. So we see all these great people walking around and we are rushing to become like them. No, a time back, I, I asked God, how can I become great in life? He says, watch great men and ask them what they did to become great. Do the same and you become great. Every, every great man went through a process called the process of preparation. The process of preparation. And this process is so powerful that you need to engage it. Other than that, you rush and you fail. Have you ever wondered why Jesus cut to curse a fig tree in Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14? Uh-huh. Just look at it. Just look at it. Jesus is walking by the roadside. And then he sees the fig tree by the roadside. He goes there to, to collect some fig fruit. He never got any. And Bible says that Jesus cares the fig tree. And when we read Mark chapter 11 to 14, at the tail end, Bible says that for it was not yet time for figs to produce fruit. This is absurd. This is insane. To a lot of people, they would think, what is the Bible made up of? This is so contradictory. This is so insane. It doesn't make any sense. But let me let me let me let me take you a bit deeper. Now, Bible says that after Jesus cursed the fig tree when he went to get food and he was disappointed, right? And he asked that it was not yet time for it to produce food. When we look at Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14, very critically, you realize that the Bible says that the fig tree had a lot of leaves on it. Write it down, a lot of leaves. Two, mm-hmm. Bible says that it was standing by the roadside. Write it down, right? Okay. Now, if you have... If you have leaves and you are standing by the roadside, the assumption is that for you to have green leaves, you have the chloroplast in there with the chlorophyll. Science tells mm-hmm. us that this is a recipe for photosynthesis to take place. Standing by the roadside means that you have access to air, you have access to sunlight. Now, standing means that you have your roots buried in the soil. So all the conditions needed for photosynthesis and reproduction to take place are there. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are they? So you are supposed to produce fruit. Now, but Jesus comes to you and he doesn't find fruit. And the Bible says, for it was not yet time for you to produce fruit. When you read Matthew chapter 24, verse 32, and you do a bit of research about the fig tree, you realize that the fig tree is a deciduous plant. At the time when it is not producing fruit, it is supposed to shed off its leaves. At the time that the fig tree is not is not it's not in the, its time of producing fruit. What it has to do is to shed off its leaves. You see, there are some trees when they are not producing fruit, they, they, every, every leaf on it actually falls to the ground. That is how the fig tree is. So the point is that if it is not 
time for you to be producing fruit, then you don't have to be showcasing your leaves. If you have leaves at the roadside with the root, then what you are telling is that you are ready to, to give me fruit. In other words, we call it premature exposure. I don't know if you are getting me, somebody. Premature yeah, exposure. Good. Premature exposure. Now, you have everything. So you have everything. Everything is there to tell me that you are in to produce fruit. If it is not time for you to produce fruit, you are supposed to shed off it. Maybe they understand this as well. Um, okay. But at this time, this tree was not in its time to produce fruit, but it was showcasing its leaves. Okay. Right? It was showcasing mm-hmm. its leaves. This time, it is not It is not in the season to produce fruit. And what all fig trees do is that in those seasons, they shed off their leaves. But this fig tree in particular, though it was not in its time to produce fruit, all it was supposed to do was that it was supposed to shed off its leaves. Bible says that it had green leaves on it. Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14, critically. It had green leaves. It was standing by the roadside. When it was not its time to produce fruit, right? Now, if it is not your time to produce fruit, why should you have the leaves on it? Because you are deciduous plant and you are supposed to shed off your leaves. So what the guy was doing is what we call okay. premature exposure. The thing was showcasing its fruit, having access to sunlight, wasting resources, and producing fruit. What happens is that instead of going to the place of preparation and waiting for its appointed time to produce fruit, it was showcasing its leaves as if it was there. It had everything. It was ready to produce fruit. It just comes in there and curses it. It's a principle of life. What Jesus was trying to tell us is that, you see, life depends on preparation. If you want to become great in life, it's a process you must pass through. He himself had to stay 30 good years for preparation. And even when his mother, Mary, was, was you know, telling his son, do something about this wedding, for they have no, no wine. He made a statement. says that, for my turn is not yet up. So what Jesus was trying to say is that there is a time for everyone to actually showcase what he has gotten. So there is a time. There is a time okay. for knowing of purpose. There is a time for preparation, the time of exhibition. This victory had jumped to the, to, the, to the time of exhibition and performance when it had to be the time of investment and preparation. Mm-hmm. Jesus had to test Right, so you must okay. live a prepared life. You must be able to live a prepared life. Let me, let me. When you go to, when you go to First Samuel chapter sixteen about David, okay, the Bible says that and the king Saul was tormented by a demon, and when he was tormented by a demon, there was the need for someone. Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubled thee. Let our our Lord now command thy servant, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is cunning. In playing the harp or cunning player of the harp, and it shall come to pass of God is upon thee, he shall play the, the with his hands, and thou shalt be well. Mm-hmm. Servant, provide me now a man that that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Yo, I have seen a son of Jesus. Now listen to this very carefully. I have seen a son of JC there, Bethlehem. That is cunning in playing. In other words, skillful in playing the harp. And listen, it says, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. This is first Samuel chapter 16, verse 14 to 17. This actually happened before David had his first chance to go to the palace. Yes. 
This guy had never fought a war before. He was in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, his, his family had sacked him. He was in the wilderness. But the Bible says that the, 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 the servant was testifying to the king that David, a mighty, valiant man, and a man of war, a prudent in matters, he had never become a king before. He had never settled the cases before between men. But Bible says that the man said he was a man of war. How can somebody who has never gone to war before be called a man of war? Mm-hmm. We call it preparation. You have to actually be a man of war before you are granted the opportunity to, to actually fight in a battle. Assuming David had never prepared in the battlefield and the opportunity of Goliath had presented itself, you know he would have blown the opportunity. Yeah, obviously. It was this opportunity that shot into greatness. When the king said that, you know what, this guy has been fighting from his youth and he's going to kill him, he says that when I was in the wilderness looking after my father's sheep, he said the bear came, the lion came, and I beat them. And when it was trying to attack me, I just beat them and took the lamb from their mouth and I killed it. You know what? You have to be a bear king and a lion slayer in the wilderness before you are able to climb up when an opportunity presents itself to the platform of greatness. And in our in our generation, this is one of the things that is lacking. Everyone is rushing. Want to become big in life. Want to become great in life. So it's about doing this. It's about doing that. But our problem is that we don't build enough capacity. So when we go there, we face the forces, we die out, and we are never heard of. So if, if you truly want to become great in life, one of the things that you need to do is that you need to live a prepared life. Consider every second the Lord gives you. Look at your purpose. What can you be doing to invest into it? Are you reading? Are you studying? Are you being mentored? What are you doing? Are you, are you sharpening your tools? You know, Benjamin Franklin was asked, if you are giving six hours to cut down a tree, what will you do? He says, I'll use four hours to sharpen my axe and two hours to cut down the tree. A lot of people are working in life with their axe. This is very blunt, you know, so they expend a lot of energy trying to cut it and out of frustration, they pit their calling in life. Why? Because they never prepared in life. If you truly want to become great in life, one of the things you need to do is to commit time. Don't look for fame now. Don't be looking for fame. Don't be looking for fame. Don't be looking for fame now. Don't be looking for recognition now. Take time and build yourself in the closet. Jesus did this for 30 good years. At age 12, he was with the with the with the with the with the scribes and the Pharisees and the great men in the temple. Bible says that he was listen, Bible says he was asking them questions and he was listening to them. Jesus never went to argue. He was just asking them a place for mentorship, a place where you try to verify and find out in confirmation what God has called you to do. After that, he went into obscurity for 18 more years until he appeared. The Bible says that when he came, he came in power. The Spirit of God was upon him. We call it preparation. So whatever calling an area God has called you, I want to encourage you, take time to prepare. It is not palatable. It, you might be looked upon. People may be doubting what God has called you to do and all that, but keep building it. Keep adding to it. Keep preparing. And God will shoot you up when the time comes mm-hmm. into greatness. This has built himself in what I call the four quadrants of life. When you look at Luke chapter 2, verse 12, I mean, verse 52, the Bible says that Jesus grew 
in wisdom. You know, mentally Jesus grew. He built himself up. He he, he dedicated his, his time to study. So when he went to the temple, he picked the I mean the the scrolls and said that which was written of me has come to pass today. Jesus was studious. Bible says as his custom, he went to the synagogue so I mean very often. He built himself mentally. You need Bible says that he grew in. in in stature, physically, you need to take care of yourself and build yourself in stature. Bible says that he had favor with God. Spiritually, Jesus built himself. And Bible says that he had favor with men. Socially, you move with. You have to build good networks. I mean, people who can help you and preserve because nobody is self-made. Everyone, you know, is made by 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 people as well. So that is one thing I just want to present to us. But you see, in the journey, as we move on and as we prepare. One of the things I want everyone to understand is that, see, there is what we call the coming of Satan. I, I treated this in my book, Life is Not Really, chapter 6. And this is the revelation. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says that the devil cometh not, but is still to kill and to destroy. You see, if the, the, just look at the scripture and realize that the Bible says he comes not unless he's coming to steal, to, to, to destroy and to kill. That means that if you don't have any possessions, the devil will not have any issues to do with you. Okay. Right. If you don't have any life, he will not come because he will not get anything to kill. Now, if you don't have any establishment, the devil will not come after you because he will not get anything to destroy. So you see, one of the things you need to realize is that your anointing will always attract the attacks of the enemy. What is upon your life, your purpose, one of the things a lot of people don't understand. Oh, me, I am this. I have not done anybody anything. Why, am I, why are people attacking me? Why this and that and that and that and that and that? I don't know if I can say this on your show. I, maybe I can. Maybe it's, it's a tree addict who says that, you know, do do any sad your son which means that if you're actually carrying the crown of glory, you always attract the envy of of other people. You always attract the envy of other people. So you see, if you, if you don't carry anything, the devil will have any nothing to do with you. If you don't have any life, a purpose that you are committing yourself pursuing, you have nothing to attract. I mean, you have nothing to be attracted of by the devil. And so we need to understand that when we have been called to purpose and we are pursuing the life of purpose, there is always going to be an attack of the enemy at our lives. Mm-hmm. It starts right away sometimes, even before we, we I mean, we are conceived in the womb. And it is it is, it is depicted in two, I mean, two, two, two very dramatic incidences. One in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8 to 22, and one in the New Testament, in, in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 8 to, I think, um, 22 as well. The Bible talks about the, the Bible talks about Moses, right? And Moses was was actually about to be born. And the Bible says that just before he was about to be born, there was a declaration in the land of Egypt that they should kill every male born of the Israelites. Now, when you read Exodus, the reason given there is that the, the Israelites were growing in number. And, and so they wanted to, to actually reduce their number. But my assessment is if you truly want to reduce n- number or control population, right, you don't, you don't deal with only one, one gender. You deal with both of them. Why don't you kill males and females? As a matter of fact, it won't change anything. But strategically, there was a decree in the land that they should kill every male born of the Israelites. 
Now, so when you come to the book of Acts, the Bible says that when Moses was born, the child was fair to look upon. It is believed that Moses was extremely beautiful when he was born. Some theologians even believe that when he was born, his very body was glowing in his in the room. So you see, those days, astrologers and necromancers and magicians ruled in the land of Egypt. And they were able to discern in the spiritual realm that a savior had been born. This decree of killing the male bones of the of the Jews will actually happen exactly around the time Moses was born. But you see, God had to preserve Moses because a deliverer had been born. Now, because of Moses, thousands and millions of male bones of, were slaughtered like that. But God had to prepare his own. You see, if you don't have anything, the devil will not come. If you carry something, the devil it will attract the attacks of the enemy. It happened in the same, I mean, it happened similarly in the life of Jesus. When Jesus was born and the white man went to visit him and the king heard it, he said, bring him, let me worship him. When, they re- when God revealed himself to Moses and the child was taken to Egypt, look at what happened. The same Egypt. For preservation bible says that there was a decree okay. that all the children that were two two years down were supposed to be slaughtered just because of one person so i always say that the devil doesn't mind if you kill thousands of people to get to you who carries something that threatens his kingdom so you know what some of us are coming from families some of us are coming from backgrounds we are we think god has has has, has sort of for, i mean given up on us why am I encountering all these difficulties? Why are all these things happening to me? It is because of what you carry. It is because of what you carry. And that's why you have to man up. You have to be strategic. You have to make sure that you preserve what God has given to you. In our time, these things happen in several ways. Some people have been shut down by, by, by addiction. You know, one of the things I've seen, if you like, try and do this research by yourself. You realize that almost everyone who's a drunkard is very brilliant. I've never I've realized that. Drunkards are extremely brilliant. Ben, I don't know if you have realized that. Drug addicts and these guys are very brilliant. If you meet them and you are discussing with them, you can see how talented they are. You can see, you know, the kind of dexterity with which they express themselves and the ideas and all that. And a lot of them are actually careers of greatness. But you see, the devil sowed the tears along, along the way. There was no one to really protect them and to really shield them. There wasn't anyone to really help them, protect them and all that. You know, and the devil sowed the tear. In our time, it is okay. happening. A lot of other are addicted. Social media is, is there. There are all kinds of addictions, all kinds of things. And people are struggling. It is because of what you carry. You better watch it out. You better watch it out. So you see, the devil will not just allow you to go. I don't have time. I would have really, really gone through with how the devil attacks us and all that, but I don't really have to. But just know that in the in the pursuit of purpose, you always attract the attacks of the devil. But one good thing is that we have a God who is greater than him. We have a God who, if you can, if you can give your life and entrust your life into his sense, he'll protect you and he will order your steps to greatness. You know, no. you order your steps to greatness. So you see, you have to rise up. It doesn't really matter what you are going through and rise up. And that's why I want to link it, you know, to the fact that you need to persevere. One one of the things I've realized is that a lot of us give up too too so easily. We give up so easily. You know, when, when we encounter difficulties, we want to give up on our dreams. When when one or two things hit us, we sit down and we just we just quit. But you see, it is said that quitters never win and winners never mm-hmm. quit. You have to be really resolute in life and be determined in life. In this life, eh, you have to be radical. One of the things I've seen, if you truly want your, your purposes to be established, if you want to, what, what has been born in your heart and your dream 
dreams and ambitions to really be fulfilled, you have to be aggressive. Okay. I always tell people that see difficulty should not be the yardstick for failure, right. but it should be the fuel that should that, I mean that should power the vehicle of success. When life and its issues and its eventualities tell you you can't do one, strive to do thousand. That's the best way to pay life. When people are pulling you down, criticizing you, and telling you you can't do it, the best way to do it is to actually keep doing it, keep doing it, and keep doing it. You never give up. When I want to break a chair and I hit it a thousand times before it breaks, it doesn't mean that the thousandth stroke was stronger and bigger than the 999. No. Every one of the 999 contributed to weakening the chair. Mm-hmm. So they asked Thomas Edison, the one who came came out with the electric ball, that you did about 999 experiments and you failed in all of them until the thousandth one when you when when you when you, when you were successful and said no I never failed in 999 but I found 991 ways of doing the same thing in different ways. Okay. You know what? You have to be determined in your heart that no matter what, you are not going to give up on life. You have to strive and, sh- and shoot to the skies. Yes, there will be challenges, but consider that life challenges are hurdles. I love hurdles. In the stadium, hurdles are just obstacles, but they can be jumped over. Uh-huh. If you see life and challenges as hurdles, you decide to jump the- them over. Go and revisit your dreams. Go back and pick that book on which you wrote all your dreams, and you feel you are in Ghana. The economy is 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 bad. There's so much hardship. So I want to I want to cut corners. I want to find my own ways. No, you have to be a fighter. You need to be able to persevere and overcome whatever challenges that comes your way. That is life. That is life. And in the ending, I want to talk about the fact that you see, every one of us has been brought to put smiles on on the faces of two people. One of them is to put a smile on the face of the Lord. And one of them is to put a smile on the face of men. Mm-hmm. See, every life has two dimensions. Our purposes are two-dimensional. One of them is that you have a vertical dimension. One of them is that you have a horizontal dimension. A vertical dimension is what we have to do for God. That actually talks about, the. I mean, our relationship with God. There is another dimension of the horizontal. So you see, we talk to God vertically, but we relate with men horizontally. Okay. You must be able, at the end of your life, be able to touch or walk on these two dimensions is so important. It's so important. That is actually one of the reasons why Jesus' cross had to be both horizontal and had to be vertical. <laughs> but you see, the horizontal, which has to do with the relationship with man, always depends on the vit- vertical. That that actually, you know, talks about our relationship with God. That is why on the cross, the vertical was the one that was in the soil having the stability. And it was up to God, vertical. But the other one on which his hands were on had to do with men, stretching forth his hand to touch men. But the, the horizontal was born by the vertical. You see, in, 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 in John chapter 17, the Bible says that in, I think, verse 5, Jesus, at the end of his life, when he was about to just finish everything, he says, Lord, I brought you glory on earth by fulfilling the assignment which you gave me. The greatest level of glory you can give to God is when, is when you have been able to fulfill your assignment. 
I love a man in Luke chapter 2 called a man Simeon. He's the one who called for death at a point in his life. He told God, God, you know what? My work is done. Now, thank you. Let me go and die. That is what the guy told God. God wants us to live our lives to a point in time where we, we, we will be so finished after blessing lives, after touching lives, after offloading the gifts in the inside of us and blessing society with it and touching the kingdom of God and putting a smile in the face of God and, you know, ransoming men who are also in their gutters and blessing their lives to the point that, you know, we come to a point where we don't really have anything to offer again and then we'll be ready for death. You know what? You know what? The greatness, the blessings, the food, the 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 school of a lot of people are tied around your lungs. I always say it. When God calls you, he doesn't call you alone. Maybe you will be the leader, but he calls you to be a blessing unto them. Some people's coffees are in your pocket. Some people's houses are in your pocket. Some people's food are in your pocket. And so if you give up and you refuse to fulfill your purpose on earth, you know what happens? You actually shatter the dreams of others. Assuming those who, who came out with electricity decided he's not never going to do it. You know what would have God would have done to the world? He would have actually put the whole world in darkness. The Bible talks about the guy who received one talent from the man and buried it. He called him you wicked and lazy servant. Never ever give up on your dream and don't be ever termed in life as wicked. Never in your life bury your gift. Come out with your gift. Shoot it up. Life is not a rehearsal. Don't ever say that you, you life begins at 40. No, life begins the very day you are born until you die. You have a life, it is finite, it is sacred. Every person of a second draws you to, you to your grave. The celebration of your birthday reduces your entire years on earth by one year. So every celebration of a birthday is actually a celebration of a death day. You are more dead today than you were tomorrow because if you have one day, it means your entire life on earth is reduced by one year. Let me ask you this question. If you say life begins at 40, what about if you don't get 40 on earth? What about if you die at 29? What about if you die at 33? That means you can't achieve, achieve anything, right? But you see, it is said that Alexander the Great conquered the world at age 29. Jesus finished his entire life on earth at age 33. It is not about the number of years in your life, but it's about the number of lives in your years. Go out there and be a purposeful liver. As you walk out, every, wake up every morning, be thinking, Lord, where am I going, Lord? How will I fulfill my assignment, Lord? I don't have so much time. How will I fulfill my assignment? Go with this agency and be a blessing to the world. I pray that the Lord will shoot you up like a star to the world, that you'll be celebrated from the north to the south and from the east to the west. Be blessed and be empowered in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for the audience. God bless you. And that is all for this episode. Kindly subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a review on any Apple device or the Apple Podcast website. A link will be shared in the show notes. You can follow the 2 on show on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the 2 on show. If you've got anything to share with us, future topics, conundrum or question, productivity tip, kindly send all of that an audio file MP3 format to the 2 on show 2020 at gmail.com or info at the 2 on show.com. Once again, we want to say a special thank you to our cherished listeners now for spending time with us we hope to catch you in future episodes